Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Basement Binge, another episode here with Spider-Man Week, with the worst of Peter Parker's entire filmography. Maybe? I don't know. We'll have to get started here. Also, to quickly mention, I'm giving away a digital copy of Spider-Man Homecoming. If you're interested in that, stick around for after two cents, and I'll let you know how you can win it. So let's get started with the first segment here, two cents. This is completely spoiler-free. This is kind of my knee-jerk reaction to the film. I love Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. And he's fantastic in this film as well. This film is a lot slower than other Spider-Man films because it really focuses on the struggles of Peter and Gwen. Sam Raimi's entire trilogy has been about the relationships between Peter and MJ. It's, it's been a very relationship-focused trilogy. So this isn't a new thing for Spider-Man. Just here, it slows down a lot. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing. There's a large section of this film that feels much more like a teen romance than a Spider-Man film. Somehow those two things have just become kind of glued together cinematically, like it's always kind of both. But here it feels very different, like two different halves. The Spider-Manning is incredible here with great practical effects, beautiful visual effects, fantastic scoring from Hans Zimmer, and a wonderful performance from Andrew Garfield. But there's still the horrible dialogue and pathetic exposition. The writing doesn't know how to combine the first part of the film with Spider-Man almost missing graduation and everything else that follows, and the rest of the film with his relationship with Gwen. It's new for Spider-Man, but most of it, I don't feel like I'm watching a Spider-Man movie, and it really struggles. There's a clear love for the character and the source material here. It just can't capture the essence of it because it's trying to do too many things, and when it cuts between those different things it's doing, they feel very, very separate and not like one cohesive thing. But that's all I can say spoiler-free, so let's get into it here. Also, to mention that Spider-Man Homecoming digital copy I'm giving away, simply leave a review on podchaser.com slash thebasementbinge, linked below. Additionally, you can leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify just released a feature. If you do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, send me an email or uh, send me a screenshot on social media so I can be sure to capture it. That will enter you for the giveaway. I'm giving away a copy of it. It's still valid here in the US, so go ahead and leave those reviews and uh, get that copy for yourself. If you're not interested in that, I have a lot of other screen passes I can share through Movies Anywhere that maybe you'd be interested in those. Even if you're not interested in any of those, reviews help a ton. They're very, very quick to leave, especially on, on Spotify, their new feature. But also on Podchaser, it allows you to leave reviews on each individual episode. Think of it kind of like a like button. Podcasting doesn't have a like button, so these reviews really help me know in which few listeners enjoy some. If you want to help out the show, that's a great, simple way to do it. So let's get on to the next segment here, Live Up. This is about my expectations for the film and if it was able to live up to them as you probably guessed from the name. I was expecting this film to be horrible, like horrible, horrible, like irredeemable, horrible. But I think I'll end up giving it the same star rating as I gave the first Amazing Spider-Man film. Simply just meh. Parts of it are great, like Andrew Garfield and the practical effects, or Emma playing Gwen and that relationship. I even like the continuation of Peter struggling with being an orphan and his relationship with his parents and Aunt May. That's all great. But I don't get why his parents had to become secret agents that leads to absolutely no payoff except for him finding like a hidden train. I mean, that, that's dumb. Electro, who's really interesting character and villain that doesn't follow the same pattern or like archetype nature we've seen past Spider-Man villains do has horrible visual effects that are, are competently done. They're just ugly. And he's so quickly sidelined for more Gwen and Peter stuff. It's either Peter or Spider-Man. And it doesn't really capture both. And yes, those are two different identities, but it's one cohesive story. It's one individual where this feels like two very different things. Let me, let me put it this way. It does feel like it's the same individual because of Andrew Garfield's performance, but the way that the story is written around that feels like two very, very different worlds. The final battle, as another example, is great. It's beautifully choreographed and rendered really well, but Spider-Man fighting Electro doesn't feel visceral because it's in a location completely isolated and visually alien to everything else we've seen. It's somewhere that's clearly not real, and it isn't something that we would experience what feels like it's not real. 
And then the fight ends with Gwen hitting Electro with a car. Like of all, that's stupid. He's levitating a few feet in the air to be hit by a cop car. He doesn't see it coming. He doesn't dodge it. Just boom, hit. And also right before that, how does Peter survive the electric blast for so long? Then they also throw in a bunch of random other stuff to increase the intensity without it working. I don't need this random story about planes potentially crashing with characters I've never seen before and I'm never going to see again, or a random cut of Aunt May in the hospital with the power going out. None of this is making the story of Spider-Man and his trials more interesting or more engaging or more intense. It's random. Now, now I'm jumping around through this here, but that's just because kind of how my thoughts are going. To, to go to the beginning, to completely ignore the opening with his parents, which is really stupid, I love the start of this film with the logo fading into his suit that's ripping through the wind, leading into a car chase that's really well done with great stunt work and practical effects combined with really vi- great visual effects and a really fun Spider-Man. It loses that attitude, though, very quickly for a bunch of other things that are also great to explore, but none of it is connecting. Too much is going on. And so it's hard to feel like that first part of the film is this same movie. I really want to like this because Andrew is great as Spider-Man. He's the best Spider-Man to me from his relationship with Gwen to him watching out for kids or noticing a song that Electro was playing and complaining about it. Like that's very Spider-Man-y. He's just sadly surrounded by a really bad movie. Uh, Dane DeHaan, I think is how you say his name, plays Harry in the Green Goblin. I feel like he's fantastic and captures this weird kind of creepy character and has a new twist on it that's really, really fun. But again, it's just... One too many things that are happening at once from Spider-Man struggling with his relationship with Gwen, struggling to just be Spider-Man with his responsibilities, struggling to understand his parents and his orphanage, uh, not orphanage, orphanism, I guess, uh, his relationship with May, and then also wanting to give somebody his blood and also dealing with a lecture. Like it's just, I mean, I know that's Spider-Man's life. A lot of things happen, but here in the film, they just don't feel complete. And it's not necessarily that one of these things is done particularly wrong. I'm not here to point those things out. I, I genuinely don't have those things. I, each moment I enjoy aspects of it, it's just there's so many different moments and not one entire experience. And I think that's the biggest problem for the film is it n- not in the same way that Spider-Man 3 did it, but here it just tries to do too many things. And so it's overstuffed and makes everything feel incomplete and uncohesive. So did it live up? No, because it's not as bad as I expected, but yes, because it's also still not great. You know, it's not one of those things that redeemed itself from the expectations I had, but it also didn't fail as much as I expected. So with that, let's get into the last segment, Lease and Likes, my least favorite scene and my favorite scene. So my least favorite scene is the opening with his parents, the random side quest to the Roosevelt hidden train that leads to absolutely nothing relevant. Like I thought that that was going to lead to something with Harry and it doesn't like he literally just finds the train and then moves on like there's there's absolutely nothing besides this side quest to it which is great for the way that it's a story about peter dealing with being abandoned by his parents and his relationship with may that moment when he's talking to may on his bed about how she's or he's her boy i mean that's really really great and i like that but everything else with his parents is absolutely unneeded i feel like we could have kept that same idea you know him just struggling to feel feeling abandoned and having that connection with Harry I thought was fantastic and then have his dad randomly show up in that video that Harry finds and kind of leave it at that like don't give us this random side quest that means nothing so that's my least favorite my favorite is either that fun opening that I mentioned that feels completely disconnected from the rest of the film it's it's done really really well lots of fun everything I could want from a Spider-Man film or the death of Gwen not because I wanted to see her die, but just because it's done with a lot of respect for the source material and for the experience and struggle of Spider-Man. 
And I knew that it was going to happen, but the way it happens is brutal and really well done. And Andrew's performance is unforgettable. Then the isolation of Peter at her grave throughout the seasons and months is great editing and great storytelling. One of the moments where Mark Webb's talents really shines that sadly doesn't happen enough throughout the film. So it's really well done. It's a difficult thing to do. We normally don't get those types of consequences in a superhero film. And here we get it in Bowloads. And the way it's done is very respectful, but very serious. And it's, it's just well done. So there's my review of the main Spider-Man 2. I feel like both of these films, it was just, I, did, I didn't have too much to say because that's really the films. You can look at them and see, yeah, there's these good parts of it. And here's these bad parts. And I think that Sony and everyone involved in Spider-Man learned a lot from these films because going into what we're about to go in now with the MCU films, I feel like they took all the best parts that they learned from Sam Raimi and Mark Webb's films and then adjusted. And they didn't do the same thing, but they took the parts that worked and continued that. And so I'm really excited. Moving on to maybe Spider-Man's best movie, Spider-Man Homecoming for me for the longest time was my favorite MCU movie. I loved it. I'm not sure now though. When I was on Matt's show of... uh, was it two weeks ago now reviewing it i gave it a 4.5 out of five that is losing half a rating right from five down to 4.5 for the first time which would make spider-man 2 the highest rated spider-man film i have now but i didn't get a complete watch in for that episode with matt and so i'm excited to visit homecoming again and see do i love it as much as i think i really do and maybe what flaws it has i think that i kind of view it with rose-colored glasses and i'm excited I'm, either way i know i'm gonna enjoy it i like it even if it's not perfect. I really love the film. I'm excited for it. So subscribe to The Basement Binge if you're looking forward to those episodes. Of course, we also have Far From Home and then eventually No Way Home. Very excited to get to those. Then on to the new year with uh, animation season. It's just lots of fun enjoying these episodes. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for enjoying Spider-Man Week with me. Once again, this is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details